0: Coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. And she's just kind of looked at me with this inquisitive look like, oh, huh. Like, okay, I really rattled the brain there. So that's what I recommend. Because do you get your car looked at every year? Do you get a warrant of fitness on your car every year? Does your car have to go in and get a check and, you know, you you have to get it registered that it's all clean and running and it's roadworthy and all that stuff? Welcome to the show from the The MD MD and Chef Chef team. team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef team. And who are you? I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. (laughs) Yes, well, then we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we, we like, like to, to have fun, too. <laughs> So let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone. It's Chef Michael here, culinary nutrition expert, at doctor of the mission. How are you all? Hopefully, you're having a lovely day wherever you are in the world. If not, well, I my wish is I could bring some sunshine to you today. Hey, thanks for joining us on the MD and Chef Team podcast. So today, I want to talk about three areas that could be messing up your health and wellness. And of course, to talk about those three areas, I want to give you some real action steps some real tips to avoid those pitfalls that might be tripping you up on your health and wellness and and things you can do about it. You know, before we jump into that you might not know much about me. You might not know about uh, the MD and Chef team. I'm a beautiful wife, Dr. Isabel. But for me personally, a little bit about my story is that my parents both died young 53 and 69. I consider that young. And they both died young from chronic disease. And basically, uh, the diseases that come on from lifestyle. And you know, I myself, I was in my 50s and I was looking at that and that happened to me. And my background being a chef, it wasn't in the area of nutrition. It wasn't being a nutritional chef. It wasn't being a culinary nutrition expert. Uh, however, I was an executive chef in large hotels and country clubs over in the U.S. And I was very good at what I did. But wow, by the time I was 50, I was becoming a fat and grumpy old man fast, pretty much because of my lifestyle choices. Food, drink, lack of exercise, lack of sleep, all of the massive stress, all of those things. And I was getting to a point where my beautiful wife, Isabel, we've been together for 41 years now. So this is a few years ago, but still. She was starting to look at me a little bit like, oh, man, what's happening to this guy? He's not quite as sexy as he used to be, and I'm not quite feeling it like I was with him. But, okay, I love him. However, what's going on? (laughs) That's just being totally honest, because we love to be transparent here, because that's the best way to be. Uh, But also, I looked at my parents dying young, 53 and 69 and one from cancer one from diabetes and i thought man is that going to happen to me you know i'm 50 okay i'm approaching those ages am i going to die young we've got two beautiful daughters uh i want to live life with them young and i want to live life with my my beautiful wife isabel and i've got a lot of things i want to accomplish out of this life and okay um you know, society tells me that I've got the genes of my parents, so I guess I'm just going to get cancer. I'm just going to get diabetes, and that's just the way it's going to be, and I'll probably die young. Because, you know, you go and you fill out a, a form at the insurance company or your, your doctor asks you questions, and what's one of those questions, all those different companies and people ask is give us your family history. What did your parents die of? Ooh, oh, they had this. Oh, they had that. And all of a sudden, if it's insurance that you're applying for, let's say it's life insurance or health insurance, and your parents died of something, uh, they look at it, go, oh, oh, that's problems. He's got the genes. He's going to die young. Um, I That just scared me. And I started think, wait a second. Is this true? Or is there something different to this? And that's when I started to, you know, as the saying goes, going on a journey. But I really started to take a deep dive into the area of food. Because I had heard food was medicine, but I thought, yeah, whatever. But food was medicine. But then I also started to understand it's not the total story. It's food is medicine, but also food can be poison. And so I really got into it, Uh, started studying nutrition, nutritional psychology, not just about how does nutrition affect us physically, but how does it affect us mentally and going down that path. And that's pretty much what I've been up to over the last, I guess you would say about 12 years of really diving into that area to realize that, wow, I have a choice, because yes, I've got those genes from my heredit- my hereditary genes, shall I say? But the choice is do I want to wear those genes? Am I gonna, because of the lifestyle choices that I make, am I gonna turn those genes on? Or am I just gonna allow them to be suppressed? Am I gonna allow them to just be dormant and never come out in me, never show themselves? that I live a long, happy, vibrant life without those types of chronic diseases. That's the choice we face. And that's the choice I made as I dove into this. So what I want to talk about today is just a few areas that could really be tripping us up as far as our health and wellness. Now, the first one is what I call the convenience trap. And what I mean by the convenience trap is that when we get hungry, hey, guess what? I'm a human being just like you. <laughs> when we get hungry, what do we do? We grab for what's easy and convenient. I mean, if you're on the road driving, I mean, why do petrol stations, you know, or gas stations, wherever part of the world you are, petrol stations, gas stations, why do they have all this? junk food and drink in there because we're hungry or on the road we grab something to go it's convenient why do all the fast food places and, and all these places now have drive throughs because it's fast and convenient why does that happen we're hungry just a disclaimer a lot of times when we're hungry we're dehydrated just wanted to put that in there make sure you've got great hydration it might help you when you're actually hungry. When you're hungry, you might actually be dehydrated. So back to the convenience trap. So I'm sure you're like me when you get, let's say you get home and you are hungry. What do you do? You're gonna grab the quickest, easiest things. Moms, dads, whoever's the cook, the chef at home. What do you do if you're personally hungry? The gang is hollering at you, hey everyone, your crew is hollering at you. I want to eat. I want to eat now. I'm hungry. You're going to grab the quickest, easiest stuff. And that usually is a can, a sachet, a bag, something you can microwave, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure you understand it. that's just not good for you. It's what what we call frankenfoods. It's like Frankenstein foods. It's something that was created in the lab. It didn't come from nature. It's not good for you. However, we're hungry. We want to eat. So it's a convenience trap. Well, Chef Michael, Mr. Expert, how do I get around this stuff? All right, here's the best, best tip I can get you get get you get you i'm gonna give you in the refrigerator i call this the three bowls and what that is i always 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 in our refrigerator at home have these three bowls one bowl has fresh salad greens whatever mix you want whatever types of greens you like just a mix of fresh salad greens the second bowl has a mix of prepared vegetables and what I mean by that is just cut them the way you want. You don't have to get fancy. You don't have to make them a brunoise and a julienne and all this perfect cuts. Just have some veggies in there ready to go. You can have them on a plate. You can have them in a bowl. Think of the rainbow, many colors. Go with the seasons, whatever's in. You can stay inexpensive, use what's in season. But have a bunch of veggies already pre-chopped, maybe in different styles, maybe some as a is big cubes, small cubes, strips, whatever it may be, but a mix of veggies in the refrigerator, ready to go. And the third bowl is protein that's already prepped, ready to go. What Isabel and I do, our main proteins are usually eggs, organic chicken, and salmon. Of course, there are other other proteins. I'm just going to use those three as an example. We always have hard boiled eggs in the refrigerator ready to go. Easy to peel and eat. All right. Um, chicken. What I'll do is I might roast a chicken on a Sunday and we'll have it for a meal. And then I'll make a nice chicken bone broth out of that. Plus, then also take all the meat and clean it up and put it in a bowl in the refrigerator ready to go. Or it might just be some chicken breasts that you've. You've either steamed off or cooked off or sauteed off or baked off or whatever you want to say, but just have some protein ready to go. Same thing. I'll have some salmon. I will lightly poach or I'll lightly saute up some salmon or I make a lovely salmon grab too. But, uh, you know, so whatever type of protein is your protein that you like. Have it ready to go. It could even be cooked, let's say, 80%, 90%. So all you need to do is finish it off. You might, you know, whatever it may be, you could cut it into little, you know, you could cook it 80%, 90%, cut it in some little strips. Because what you do then, when you come home and you are hungry, whether it's lunch, dinner, breakfast, whatever, if you've got greens, you can put a salad together quickly. If you've got veggies, you can add the veggies to your salad. You could add the protein to your salad. You could put together a stir fry very quickly. You could actually do up a soup really quickly, saute some of the veggies and some of the protein, add some water, add some broth, let them cook for 10 minutes and bring them up to a boil and you could puree them up a little bit or just serve it as like a chunky vegetable soup or something like that. Chunky chicken and and vegetable soup, whatever turns you on. And boom, you are ready. You can do so many things within five to 15 minutes, as long as you have all those bowls ready to go. So that will help you with a convenience trap. The other thing is in your car. When you are driving. I mean, come on, who does, you know, let's especially if you're out driving all day, or let's say you're a salesperson or somebody that's may taking road trips or doing what, you know, if you're in your car a lot during the day, Number one, make sure you always have your water bottle with you. And number two is we always keep a a bag of mixed nuts in our glove compartment. Raw mixed nuts always in the glove compartment. Uh, Could possibly be seeds if you like seeds, but nuts, seeds mixed in the glove compartment in case you get hungry. And if you know you're going to be on the road a lot, take an apple with you. Take an apple with you, maybe some grapes some berries, I don't know, whatever, you know, whatever type of fruit like that you might like. But if you get hungry, first off, stay hydrated. And then you can have some nuts and an apple or something like that. That'll hold you over until you get to a point where, you know, you're ready to to go to your next meal so that you don't have to stop at the gas station, the petrol station, you know, some other store, uh, what's called the dairy here in New Zealand, but it's basically a convenience store. And just you end up grabbing junk. So you've got to set yourself up to beat the convenience trap by using those techniques. Now, the second thing I want to talk about is what's called warning lights. Are you paying attention to your warning lights? Well, what I mean by this is we all understand about a car. And if you ever owned a car, been in a car, (laughs) you will get this. Cars have warning lights. So what's the purpose of a warning light in a car? To let you know something's gone wrong. And so when the warning light goes off in a car, what do we do? We got two choices. We could ignore it, or we can do something about it by looking at the owner's manual or fixing it ourselves or taking it to the mechanic, the expert. Well, that choice number one, what happens if we ignore the warning lights in a car? I mean, obviously not every time, but probably 99% of the time. What happens if we ignore a warning light or warning lights that goes off in a car? Yeah, you guessed it. Boom. Um, We end up with something really bad happening. So here's the thing. If we see warning lights and we take care of it right away, our investment of dollars and time is very minimal. But if we ignore warning lights, that's usually going to turn into a huge dollar investment and probably lots of time because now we don't have our car for a while and we got to get a loaner or get somebody else's car or something. Same thing with us human beings. You live with yourself 24 7. You know what's going on. You know when something feels weird with you. You are with yourself 24 7. You are the best person to know hey, something feels wrong. Something feels off. Something's not right. There's some warning lights going off. With us as a human being, we got two choices. We can either ignore that or we can do something about it. Now, unfortunately for Isabel and I and here at Dr. and the Mission, when, again, not everybody, but I would say when nine out of 10 people come to us for help uh, with the areas that we work in and the areas that we're expertise, which is uh, reversing, preventing and reversing Alzheimer's, dementia, cognitive decline, uh, Preventing and reversing diabetes and preventing and reversing brain health as far as anxiety, depression, mental stress. Nine out of 10 times when people come to us in those areas, the warning lights have been going off for a long, a long time. So what happens is with most people in these types of things is if we address the warning light, and this goes with anything. If we address the warning lights when we notice them at the beginning, taking care of it will be a minimal investment and a minimal time investment, a minimal dollar investment and a minimal time investment. However, if we wait and just let that warning light go and go and go until it gets to a point where we're like, kaboom, uh uh-oh, we got to do something about it, then our money investment and time investment will most likely be huge. I can say that because I've got some personal examples. Number one, I was very poor with my oral health for most of my life. About five years ago, and yeah, I'm being transparent about it. I admit that because this is what happened. About five years ago, um, I had a toothache and I thought, ah, it's just a toothache. And it ended up being that I went in to get that taken care of, but I had gum disease. Now there had been some toothache, some other things going on. Uh, my wife was telling me I had bad breath. It smelled like there was, you know, basically germs in my mouth, uh, but I kind of ignored it. You know how it is with a dentist, didn't want to go. I kind of would go once every couple of years for a little bit of the cleaning. And they'd say, oh, you know, you really need to be seeing us more often. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I brush my teeth and all that. But I wasn't, you know, doing the extra things you need to do, like the like the flossing and the tooth picking and, and doing it multiple times a day and making sure you eat properly, too, because the food going in my mouth was creating bacteria. However, the reason why I bring this up as a personal example is so five years ago, I have to, you know, I've got to get my gum disease taken care of because that's an important factor with brain health, too. And I won't get into that today, but it is oral health is a major important factor with brain health It can affect brain health so much. And so it was time to get that taken care of. Well, at the my investment of dollars and my investment of time became huge with thousands of dollars, a couple years, probably somewhere between two and three years to get it all 100% totally cleaned up. However, if I had taken care of it over the years, paid attention to my oral health, small investment of time, just going to the dentist once a year, once every six months for a cleaning and a checkup, at the same time, investing in that amount of dollars to make sure, you know, at a very minimal to get that taken care of, that wouldn't have probably had the warning lights, and I wouldn't have had the massive amount of dollars and time that was involved to get it taken care of. Now, I can can say what we do now. So here's the key to understand the warning lights for you as a human being. What Isabel and I do every year is at the end of the year, right before Christmas time, usually maybe around mid-December, we get a what's called a panel of lab tests, blood tests, urine tests, urine tests, however you say it. We get a panel of tests done voluntarily. We get those done because we want to see what's going on in our body systems. We want to make sure that we don't get to a point where the warning lights are going off and we get these done every year now and it's a certain p- panel there's many different uh blood tests lab tests we get them done it's a whole section of them and it is interesting because I, I i can specifically remember last year we were getting them done and i remember the nurse look you know when she was doing them and taking my blood and then she's like oh wow, I mean, I'm so sorry. What's what's going on? You know, I mean, you must be, you know, basically she thought I was ill and sick and all this and that. I was like, no, I feel fantastic. I mean, I'm 60 some years old and I feel better now than I ever have, I'm 60 some years young, shall I say. And I feel better now than I ever have in my life. And she looked at me like, well, why are you doing all these tests? Uh, prevention, I wanna know before anything happens. I don't wanna wait till it happens and then do tests. And she just kind of looked at me with this inquisitive look like, oh, huh. Like, okay, I really rattled the brain there. (laughs) So that's what I recommend. Because do you get your car looked at every year? Do you get a warrant of fitness on your car every year? Does your car have to go in and get a check? And, you know, you, you have to get it registered that it's all clean and running and It's roadworthy and all that stuff. Yeah, we do it for our cars. So are we more valuable than our cars? I would hope you would say yes. I know there's some flash cars out there, but I still think we're more valuable than any any vehicle that's out there in the world and ever will be. So my suggestion is at least once a year, get a panel of tests on If you don't know what they are, hey, you can contact us here. Contact us here at Doctor on the Mission. I'm sure the email is in the show notes. Uh, if not, it's info at doctoronamission.com. And just say, hey, Michael, Isabel, I want to go get a panel to test on this year just to find out to make sure everything's going well. What would you recommend? If not us, ask your GP, ask your family doc, ask the person you're working with on your health right now hey, I want to get some tests done just to make sure everything's fine. And If they say, ah, no, nah, you don't need any tests, find somebody else because they're not looking out for you because you do need to test and know before anything comes up. Test, don't guess. That's my recommendation on that one. All right, so and then number three is exercise. Now, this is a very interesting one. We've all heard about exercise, and, um, you know, it's good to exercise, good to get the body moving and all this and that. I mean, I do want to put a disclaimer in there. You can't out-train a bad diet. If your eating is horrible, uh, but you are exercising, well, you're not really gaining any ground there because you can't out-train that bad diet. However, I do want to add... about how exercise is so good for brain health. And a specific type of exercise is resistance. Now, working with most people, especially, well, actually, it can be under, of all ages, but usually people 50 and over, they're not doing any type of resistance. Yes, they might be walking. Yes, they might be running. Yes, they're doing some kind of cardio and stair master and some spin and that. But resistance is so, so strong and so powerful. Now, resistance, which is really just resistance, we're using, it could be body weight, but basically, we're putting resistance against our muscles. We're keeping our muscles and our bones strong. I am not talking about being a bodybuilder and, you know, getting huge and all this kind of stuff. I am talking about keeping your muscles and your bones toned and strong so that they don't just will basically fall away because if you don't if you don't use it, you will lose it. And the reason being, what I want to talk about is because strong muscles promote metabolic health. And what they do is they act like a sponge for glucose in your body. So strong muscles will use up sugars that are floating around in your body, which basically keeps it from going into your brain. Strength training prevents and remediates sarcopenia. So sarcopenia is a loss of lean muscle mass that occurs with aging. So sarcopenia then is also strongly correlated with cognitive decline. So strength training also prevents uh, loss of bone, reduces bone fracture risk, and it generally slows biological aging. Now, doesn't all that sound good? So doing resistance, creating, using strength training, it's keeping our muscles strong, our bones strong. Uh, What's been shown is that adults who strength train also have enhanced long-term memory. That's a very good thing. They have fewer white matter lesions in the brain. Another great thing, they have improved posture. They have better balance and can more easily perform basically activities that we do all day long. So what you see is that we now know that there, with stronger muscles, there is a correlation to stronger brain health. And we've also seen a very interesting study, which was focusing on muscles in the legs, demonstrated that leg power reliably predicted both cognitive aging and brain structure. So bone health, muscle health, equals brain health. And that's done through resistance training. Now, how much resistance training am I supposed to do, right? That's your question. Well, it doesn't need to be like massive amounts. I'm talking about 10 to 20 minutes, three times a week. 10 to 20 minutes, three times a week where you were just specifically doing resistance training, and you can look up resistance training as far as as heaps of videos on YouTube, or if not, you can contact us, we can give it to you. But I mean, everything from from push-ups to pull-ups to uh, using weights to using body resistance, excuse me, to using uh, bands, elastic bands, I mean, there's so many things you do, but basically, you're putting resistance on your muscles, so that they will continue to say, hey, I'm being used, I'm staying strong. And that correlates to great brain health. It's not the only thing. But I'll tell you what, I'll take anything that helps with brain health. All righty, everyone, this has been Chef Michael here at Doctor and Admission, and I'm the culinary nutrition expert at Doctor and Admission. It's so great to have a chance to chat with you today. We've been talking about a a few different areas that can really mess you up with your health and wellness. And what I wanted to do is just highlight those three areas. Um, One was about the convenience trap, and I gave you some tips of how to avoid that. The other is warning lights in the body and what you really need to be looking out for and doing and the choice you have of doing something or not bothering to do anything. And I know what happens with the bad choice because I made some bad choices in my past. And then also about resistance training. Why bother with resistance training? Who cares? Well, the research shows that it is such a great correlation to strong muscle training health equals strong brain health. Alrighty, have an amazing day wherever you are. I hope I've been able to bring a ray of sunshine into your day. And uh, just know that uh, Isabel and I here at Doctor and Mission love you, wish you the best for you, and hopefully you have an amazing, amazing day, week, wherever you are. Stay strong and be blessed. Bye for now. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review.